This podcast is not for the easily offended, victimhood enthusiasts, or those who take themselves too seriously, namely cyclists, conspiracy theorists, personal trainers, and other fanatics. Your Hobby is Shit is a nerd-free environment which strongly discourages dickheads from listening. Authorised by Sean Woodland for Your Hobby is Shit. For a long time now, humans have invented, inadvertently stumbled across and participated in a variety of activities we now know as hobbies. We use them for pleasure, to reduce corporate guilt, to escape the misery of home life and to help deny the grim reality that awaits us all. From the bizarre, obsessive and psychologically illuminating to the downright ludicrous, whatever your hobby, this podcast is going to pull it apart. So whack in your headphones, get into your hobby with a vengeance and prepare to be exposed because I'm Sean Woodland and your hobby is shit. Yes, here we are for another episode. I hope your week's been okay, particularly those of you in Australia who are suffering through what is a prolonged lockdown. It's tough, all right. Look, as a ruler, I don't like to whinge or play the victim. I did enough of that when I was younger. Eventually, I realised it doesn't work. The thing about being a victim is that you never get to pass go. Ever. Bad shit happens to everyone, but the one thing I know from experience is that until you accept... Your role in how your life is going, you're not going anywhere. You can blame your ex-husbands or wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, mums, dads, bosses, Big Macs, the local barista, or even the teenage minimum wage worker who serves you your seafood marinara at the RSL Bistro all you like. It won't help. The problem is you. Always was, always will be. Having said that, it has been a tough period for me. I received the ultimate insult last week. After the episode on drinking came out last Wednesday, the next day I checked in to see the numbers. My seven-year-old daughter, Boris, was over my shoulder and looked at him and the little shit said, that's rubbish, there's more COVID cases than that. Harsh. Also last Wednesday, I bit the bullet and decided to put the pool heater on. And on Saturday, when I jumped in, the mercury had only just crept up to 26 degrees. Fuck that for a game of soldiers. It's got to be 28 degrees at least for me. Had to wait until Sunday. And things continued to get worse. I had to clean the pool. And the young bloke thought it would be fucking hilarious to try and suck up one of my nuts with the vacuum cleaner. Jesus Christ, it hurt. Now, as many of you would know, probably around 50% of you at least, testicular pain is significant. Worse than childbirth, in fact. A lot of women refuse to accept this, even though there's substantial evidence to support the claim. After the young bloke Sam was born, for example, my wife Lou said, I'm never doing that again. We're never having another baby. And she couldn't have been any firmer. A year later, she was like, right, let's have another one. Now, I can assure you that I've never met a bloke in my life who's been kicked in the nuts and a year later has turned around and said, all right, I'm ready for another one. Come on, someone kicked me in the nuts. Doesn't happen. Then to top off this grim week following the testicular misfortune, last Saturday, for the first time in my life, I got called a Nazi. To be fair, it was on social media and the message did come from what appears to be a male cartoon character with wings who was carrying a sword. But still, me, a Nazi? And all because I had the gall to suggest on Twitter that the cops should let the lockdown protests go ahead on Saturday and then crop dust the fuckwits with vaccine. Now... Obviously, I know that was wrong. 
because that's not how vaccines work. Cyanide would have been a way more effective method of dealing with them. Those protesters were brilliant, full of COVID deniers wearing masks. You can't make that shit up. Anyway, while I think of it, my thoughts and prayers are with all the anti-vaxxers. I know this will come as a shock, but it's important to realise that in a month or two, when we're all at the beach and getting on the piss, COVID will be running amok through those dipshits like a dose of the salts, and they'll be clogging up our hospitals and funeral homes in great numbers. And, of course, you shouldn't speak ill of the dead, so I thought I'd get in early. You fucking shitheads. So, yeah, I was having one of those weeks. Then I got a text off a mate. It's worth reading for you. It goes, Mate, I'm having an absolute cunt of a week-month lockdown. This week in particular has been an absolute fucking cunt of a cunt fuck. After my mum's surgery being cancelled... The three weeks I was meant to be having to myself has just gone up in smoke. And while I just walked to the shops to get out of the house and get a pie, she left the front screen door open and a fucking ibis that she feeds and fucking stinks like a jizz hotel in summer, got into my bedroom, trashed it, shit everywhere and broke anything breakable. I just munched down twice as much edible weed as I have been of late and am listening to your podcast as I clean. And that was the end of the message. Isn't that superb? Now, obviously, so far as misfortune goes, it's not in the same league as my pool not hitting the right temperature, having a nut sucked into the pool vacuum cleaner, or being called a Nazi. But it made me realise that it's not just me. Other people have a bit of bad luck too. A bit of perspective never hurts. The mate who sent me that brilliant message is a comedian, and her name is Julia. She's as mad as a clown's cock, swears more than I do, and is tough as old boots. I'd fight that little Irish sawn off McGregor before I'd fight her. Julia's old man Bob, who she nursed for a long time, died earlier this year, and his funeral was the best of any I've ever been to. Did you know they can have funerals in pubs now? I didn't. Bob's funeral was at South Juniors in Maroubra, and his coffin was a cardboard box with the Rabbitohs logo all over it. That is devotion to your hobby. We all rode on his coffin in Texter and then went and got as full as a state school on the piss. If my funeral's to be half as good as Bob's, I'd happily have it tomorrow. One of the things I really love about Julia is that no matter what life throws at her and she's had no shortage of steaming turds come her way, she gets on with the job, never plays the victim and 100% sees herself as lucky. You see, I've found there's plenty of people who refuse to acknowledge the role that luck has played in their lives, or even that they're lucky at all. And for most of us, there's plenty of luck. Like, if you're born white, you're lucky. If you're born white and have blonde hair and blue eyes, like my two kids, Boris and Sam, you're even luckier. If you come from a supportive, loving, non-violent family, you're lucky. If you're born into a bit of money, you're fucking lucky. You get opportunities? Yep, luck. A duplex kidney, like big nuts? Extra lucky. Look, absolutely, work ethic and tenacity make a difference, and yes, you can make your own luck, but only so much of it. There's nothing more off-putting than people who take credit for things that they had fuck all to do with or who refuse to acknowledge the greatest contributing factor in their lives, luck. It's easier to think you're wealthier or more talented or successful because you worked harder or longer or because you're cleverer. It's a way more impressive narrative than simply admitting that you've been kissed on the dick by a fairy. No matter how often blokes in positions of power, wealth, privilege try and convince us that we're all equal and are blessed with the opportunity to prosper and do whatever we want in life, 
The reality is that bugger all people make the transformation from poverty to wealth. Still, dangling that largely unachievable aspirational carrot that hard work leads to fame and fortune in front of wishful thinkers has the effect of ameliorating reality so the gullible will continue to spend, dream and wish for a tomorrow that never comes. And like Burgess Meredith said, wish in one hand and crap in the other and see which gets filled quickest. But on it goes, hopes and dreams. Why the fuck else would people sit at home and choose to watch those insipid and cringeworthy backstories on reality television shows? They're trying to tell us, look, any fuckwit loser can be rich and famous. Well, they fucking can't, and they fucking won't. For every guy Sebastian, there's 10,000 Shannon Knowles. For every M&M, there's a million wannabe rappers getting a zebra suntan in prison. Try as they might, even struggling self-help devotees who say obscenely shallow, entry-level optimistic shit like everything happens for a reason and you get what you wish for can really provide a good supporting argument to rationalise such insipid claptrap. If you ever come across one of those empty vessels, just say, Holocaust. Australia's had one female Prime Minister out of 30 since Federation. The other 29 were mostly spoilt little mummies boys. So yeah, I reckon luck helps you do certain things in life. Another thing that can help is the name you're given. That one female Prime Minister Australia had was also named Julia, so my mate Julia might have got a bit of luck there too. More so than if her dim-witted parents, desperate for inspiration, had looked at a list of American states they'd never visited or stuck their head into the liquor cupboard and named her California or Chardonnay. There's more chance of Israel Folau sucking a dick on camera than there is a kid with a shit name becoming Prime Minister. You give your kid a dickhead name, you're sealing their fate, depriving them of the prospect of luck. By naming their daughter after a brand of leg opener, the very best Chardonnay, who appears in the list of top bogan names this year, the best she can hope for is to make year nine without getting pregnant. Crash is the most popular bogan name for males in 2021. Look, I'm not one to predict the future, but naming a kid after what he may be involved in as a teenager is a huge risk. Also, invented names, Braden, Caden, Jaden, any name in fact, with an errant Y randomly thrown into the mix, Jesus Christ, the only way those blokes will ever get into university is through a fucking window. They are, however, a really good chance of getting into the Daily Mail along with the words barley, jet ski, methamphetamine, heart of gold or misadventure. The multi-millionaire boss of the AFL's name is Gillen. A bloke called Gillen runs Australia's national working class football competition. That has never sat well with me. How many Gillens do you reckon catch the train to the footy or are toothless members of their club's cheer squad? The person in charge of the AFL should be able to shotgun a can of beer in three seconds. Their name should be Sarah or Steve and they shouldn't have a hyphenated surname. This Gillen, he plays polo and wears scarves. Jesus wept. Polo, now there's a hobby for the rich. Lou forced me to have dinner with his couple once. We sat down and this pigeon-chested pommy prick starts talking to me about polo. To me, about fucking polo. Not water polo, horse polo. He might as well have taken a dump on my dinner plate. It was all over then and there for me and him. I contemplated faking a heart attack to get the fuck out of there. Out of respect for Lou, I toughed the night out. We'd had a kid by then, so I couldn't do the runner. Fucking polo. To me. 
not being given a shit name, it does. Helps you have a good life. And listen, for fuck's sake, don't ever tell your kid they'll be Prime Minister. You know whose mummies told them they'd be Prime Minister? Blokes like John Howard and Tony Abbott. Oh, and Christian Porter's mum. I don't know, she might have also told him he'd be a misogynist and alleged rapist. But just don't do it. If you tell your kid they'll be Prime Minister, that's just a nicer way of telling them that they're a little cunt. Another thing which impacts your lot in life and what hobbies you're able to pursue is how much money you have. Sure, all hobbies can be made more expensive depending on how much of a wanker you are, but there are some hobbies that are way too expensive for most of us right from the get-go. So even lucky people like Julia and me can't do everything we'd like. So I decided to look into the most expensive hobbies as decided by nerds who write things like lists of expensive hobbies. In no particular order, the following are some of the hobbies that consistently appeared. Skydiving. Most people are only ever stupid enough or can afford to do this once. It's a favourite of those experiencing life-defining moments or for the sort of dickheads who have bucket lists. You know, someone has just lost a loved one and desperate to feel something. They express their grief by jumping out of a plane to see if they can lose their own life as well. You know, the people that say shit like life's too short or it's what dad would have wanted. The smart ones just get a tattoo. Jumping out of a plane that isn't on the ground is a fucking stupid idea. The only reason I'd ever launch myself out of a plane is if I was sat next to some arsehole who was banging on about his renovations on a long-haul flight. Then I'd do it quite happily. My wife skydived once and yet claims to be scared of heights. Won't even climb a three-rung ladder, but was happy to hurl herself out of a plane with some peroxide blonde adrenaline junkie named Chad or Lucky or some shit strapped to her back, pressing his stiffy into a 13,000 feet. Like, if you want to feel an adrenaline rush like skydiving, just lose your phone or turn up to the airport late for a flight. If you're poor and you want to skydive more than once, your best bet is to do it indoors somewhere like Panthers Leagues Club. Plus, you can whack a lobster into the bricky's laptop while you wait. Otherwise, if you want to get really good at risking your life twice a week, the best price I could find was about 24000 bucks a year. You're not doing that on a trolley collector's salary, even with all the COVID overtime. Or a comedian's for that matter, unless you're heezy. Same if you got kids. Skydiving, it's for people with cash. Scuba diving is another costly hobby. And I don't mean it might cost you your life by drowning, being eaten by a shark or being left out in the ocean by some dickhead tour operator. A decent trip is worth about three grand. Infinitely more than a trip on acid or shrooms costs. Snorkeling on the other hand, fucking cheap and safe. That bastard Peter Benchley who wrote Jaws ruined a lot of things for me, but scuba diving isn't one of them. Here's the surprise, yacht racing is expensive. The America's Cup yacht race costs $2 million to enter. To enter? You haven't even put your life jacket or sun visor on yet. During the 2013 America's Cup, Oracle Team USA was underwritten by billionaire Larry Ellison was rumoured to have spent around $200 million securing their eventual victory. If your hobby requires you to wear boat shoes, white pants or polo shirts and has to be funded by a billionaire, it's shit. I went in a yacht race once. It wasn't funded by a billionaire. The skipper, this obnoxious fat prick, sat behind the wheel and yelled abuse at us for six freezing fucking hours while we did all the actual hard work. It wasn't like we were trailing by two metres or anything. We couldn't even see another boat. It was so cold I had sore kidneys for a week afterwards. 
If I'm going to have sore kidneys for a week, I'd much prefer getting them after a three-day binge sitting in the sun at my local. While you don't have to be totally minted to race an 18-foot yacht, you do have to be to do mountain climbing. It's really expensive. And a really shit idea. Let's be honest, unless you're climbing Everest, no one really gives a fuck. For the royalties for the Sherpas, you might be responsible for killing, training, equipment and the attempt, you'll be lucky to see change from 100000 bucks. Oh, and you'll also be lucky to come down alive. The fact these climbers use oxygen means the achievement is null and void in my book anyway. If these wannabe conquerors want respect, they can climb on their own without oxygen and without Sherpas. Otherwise, it's pretty much the same thing as cycling for charity on an electric bike. Dickheads. I was surprised to find ice sculpting listed amongst pricey hobbies, mostly because I didn't know it was a hobby. But apparently, making real-life structures and shapes out of ice is nothing short of an art form. A single block of ice will cost you about 375 bucks, and you'll have to take some courses to train yourself. Every day's a school day. Collecting cars. Not all car collectors are born to wealth. There's that one in a blue moon, new money, bottom-feeding bogan who strikes it lucky too, like Shane Warne. But who'd want to collect cars? They're just transport. I'll tell you who. Fuckwits with way too much money, the sort of testosterone fueled boasters who, if they were poor, would be jailed for masturbating on buses. Blokes like Ralph Lauren, Rowan Atkinson, Kylie Jenner, oh, I don't know if that's a bloke, Floyd Mayweather and Jerry Seinfeld are all into collecting cars. Seinfeld owns between 50 and 150 million worth of them. Don't ask me how there's a 100 million discrepancy. There's your man of the people, eh, Seinfeld, the bloke who never swears but did date a 16-year-old girl when he was 40. The comedian everyone can relate to. That bloke is as queer as a lemonade sandwich. Blokes... And it is usually blokes who collect cars. They also collect the insult wanker when they drive past real men. Any bloke who has more than one car is a dickhead. My mate John, he's got an expensive car. I think it's worth about two, two hundred fifty thousand. But what I love about John is that he parks this beast wherever he bloody wants. If we get on the piss after golf, he leaves it at the golfie for the night. Do you know what that means? Every time we play golf, he leaves it at the golfie. Why does he leave it there? Because he's not a wanker. He even lets me drive it. Collecting art. Strange concept. If you've got more art than you can fit on the walls in your house, you're rich and a wanker. Personally, I don't know what good art is, but I know shit art when I see it, and there's lots of it. Our art collection consists of all the shit paintings the kids do at school that we tell them are really good. All these rich people's hobbies are a once a year or even in a lifetime events for most of us. Car racing fits into that category. It costs tens of thousands a year at least, meaning that people who enjoy the tedium of loud motors going round and round in fucking circles have to mostly watch them instead of participating in them. Thank God for television, eh? There's plenty of hobbies you've got no chance enjoying unless you're loaded. But even the ones most of us can afford to do every now and then can be made expensive. Cyclists covered in episode 1 can spend a ridiculous amount of money to be mocked by the rest of the community, as can skiers and golfers who will be covered in future episodes. But for those of us who weren't blessed with the name Gillen, earned a normal wage, our parents couldn't afford a $10,000 pony, a chalet at the snow or a table tennis, not a table tennis, a tennis court in the backyard, we've had to make do pursuing some modest hobbies. I'm in a rush, people. The fucking kids will be back soon. So, 
For those of us who are on a bit more of a budget or are struggling through the financial hardship of lockdown, or those who are unlucky enough to spend all their hard-earned on ungrateful children, I had a bit of a look to see what options were available. And I've got to tell you, it's not good. So I looked at this list, uh, and the first suggested cheap hobby that came up was to write a themed list and work through it. Fuck me dead. See what you're up against? Can you imagine doing that? If you need to write down a list of all the movies you want to watch, then do it, and then feel some sense of achievement for having done it, you're already dead anyway. Learn new things. Hey, fuck, why didn't I think of that? Play board games. Just what a family in lockdown needs, eh? When everyone is already on edge and full of spite, some vindictive arsehole's going to pinch Trafalgar Square off you and end up being put through the kitchen wall. Discover new music. (laughs) Can you believe this shit? This fucking idiot has suggested turning on the radio as a hobby. Scrapbook important events. Anyone who scrapbooks and is under 70 is mental. Try drawing. I did. I really shit at it. Start budgeting. Now let me remind you here, a so-called journalist was paid to write this patronising shit. This poor bastard reader has no money for a hobby and are being told to do a budget as a hobby to trick them into thinking they actually have a hobby that only allows them to work out they have no money to do a proper hobby. Whoever wrote this probably tortured animals as a kid. Reading. I'm fucking speechless. Teach yourself a language. Finally, an achievable one. Fuck, about time. I flew from Sweden to Spain once and learnt Spanish on the flight. Piece of piss. I landed in Spain all cocky, started asking questions in Spanish, and the bastards had the audacity to answer them in Spanish. And it was all over for me. The book said learn to speak Spanish. Mentioned nothing about listening to people answering it. As a result of this cunning ruse, I had a panic attack and spent two days in my motel room, curled up in the fetal position, sucking my thumb. Eventually, I went out again, asked the first person I saw if they spoke English. They did, and I threw the learn how to speak Spanish book straight into the fucking bin. Teach yourself a language. Jesus wept. Yeah, I might teach myself classical piano while I'm at it. Keep up with current events. Who knew? Watching the news is a hobby. Learn magic. If you live with someone who is over the age of 15 and they decide they want to learn magic, put them on a watch list and sleep with one eye open. Surf the web. Oh, what inspiration. Someone did get paid to write that list. Most of them aren't even hobbies. She should have just written, if you don't like or can't afford a fishing rod or golf clubs, just sit in front of the television and live vicariously through the lives of wealthy people. Thankfully, there is an alternative, of course. Probably the two most satisfying and costly hobbies I've ever had are drinking and smoking. Most of what I've earned in life has gone on rent, travel, and now fucking children. Not fucking children, as in children, you know what I mean. I don't really own anything other than tattoos. I very rarely smoke ciggies anymore, and my old neighbour sorts me out for weed. I know, right? Lucky, again. The money I've saved on cigarettes now goes on nicotine replacement therapies anyway, and drinking. I'll be straight up here. Unless you're loaded, drinking remains your best option for a cheapish hobby. Now you understand why drinking is my recommended cheap hobby. Because unless you're a... Sommelier. Twat. 
drinking is reasonably priced. You can do it anywhere, anytime, and if you're good at it, you can go on a fun ride for a good few hours. None of the other lists for cheap hobbies were much better than that other rubbish. Origami, cooking, walking, swimming, and geocaching. What's geocaching? Good question. I'll tell you what it is. Geocaching is a real world, as opposed to what other world I do not know, outdoor treasure hunting game using GPS-enabled devices. Participants navigate to a specific set of GPS coordinates and then attempt to find the geocache, which is a container, hidden at that location. You sign the logbook and return the geocache to its original location. Jesus fucking Christ. Can you, what a shit hobby, can you just imagine someone coming and saying, hey, let's go geocaching on the weekend. It's really cheap. Can you imagine? And ever speaking to that person ever again. Good grief. So don't tell me that everyone has the same opportunity. If you don't have cash to splash, sitting in front of the TV, dribbling into your lap, watching other people live and being tricked into thinking that it might be you one day, that's about the best you can hope for. But don't worry, it's not all doom and gloom, it never is. You'll be pleased to know that I spoke to Julia after she cleaned up the Ibis shit in her bedroom and she was in the bath smoking a cigar and drinking beer. Good hobbies, good chick. Until next week, your hobby is shit. Thank you for listening. I'll be back each and every week with harsh but fair critiques of shit hobbies. You can find the podcast wherever you listen to them. Chances are you already have. Be an upstanding citizen, do the right thing, and share the podcast with your friends, even if you don't like it. You can even give us a review if you want. You can find your hobby is shit on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Your feedback is welcomed. Send your suggestions for shit hobbies in and I'll get to them in due course. For those of you with a penchant for complaining and whinging, you know who you are. Please do so in audio format so the rest of us can have a laugh at your expense in future episodes. Just use the Voice Memos app on your iPhone or whatever it is you weirdos with other phones use. Thanks again, listeners. You're a credit to your families. My name's Sean Woodland, and your hobby is shit. Next week, an episode about love. And Floy, mate, Floy, Floy, Floy. I'll tell you who, fuckwits, who don't burp. <laughs> Pardon me. I was quite surprised to learn I can't fucking speak properly. Oh, I don't know, this lockdown must be really getting me. I'm just ranting and swearing like a fucking maniac this week.